Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN AM for Monday, September 11th, 2023. And our top story today, reshaping the perception of the top retirement income objections. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Michael Kleeman is with Broadridge and Bonnie Trichel is with Endeavor Retirement. Bonnie, Michael, great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Uh, so, Michael, I want to start with you because retirement preparedness, top of mind, and depending on who you talk to, plan sponsors, advisors, record keepers, participants, they all have a different perspective on how to get there. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the popular new ways to solve from retirement preparedness. And one of those is retirement income solutions. Tell us a little bit about those. You know, great. Thanks, Jeffrey, for having me. And um, yeah, it's a really great question. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with the start of your question there, right? Individual participants and individual employees, we're hearing it all the time these days that they're looking for security, uh, certainty, and consistency when it comes to their retirement income. Um, you know, our industry, I think, has has really focused on accumulation of assets and accumulation of wealth for our clients. And, and that's been great, right? It's critical to have assets stockpiled for the future. Uh, but the vast majority of Americans have lived their lives getting a paycheck every two weeks or every month, right, and, and budgeting their lifestyle and expenses accordingly. Uh, and what the defined contribution system has been giving them is a, a single pot of funds at the time they retire that, quite frankly, most people are not fully equipped to manage. Um, so to, to better help people, you know, plan their lifestyle, ensure they don't overspend, ensure that they don't outlive their savings, uh, that's where retirement income solutions come into play. Um, so retirement income solutions, right, are products and services designed to distribute accumulated plan assets safely, efficiently, and economically to participants when they retire. Uh, and these solutions can come in many different sizes and shapes, but a high level, you break them down into three types of categories, insurance-based offerings, investment-based offerings, or a hybrid combination of the two. Uh, and with insured income solutions, Think annuities, which will provide a more fixed or guaranteed income for a set period of time. Uh, with the second category, investment-based offerings, we're looking more along the lines of like designated payout vehicles, managed accounts that are going to provide systematic withdrawals for you in your retirement. Uh, and then there are the hybrid solutions, which are which are really just that, a combination of guaranteed income portions, as well as greater access to the money that, you know, similar to those investment-based offerings. Uh, these kind of new breed of retirement income solutions really began to take off uh, in 2019 when um, Congress passed the Secure Act 1.0, uh, which you know did a couple things, uh, namely added a fiduciary safe harbor for the selection of these solutions, enabled the ability to make these offerings portable between plans or take them out of the plan, uh, and required disclosures of lifetime income amounts to participants on their annual statements so they can have a better look at, at kind of where they're lining up. So I think really this combination of participant demand, legislative action, and then innovation from product manufacturers, record keepers, and industry entities has really helped to kind of begin to usher in a new era of retirement preparedness for our industry. Yeah, really good point. Bonnie, I want to bring you in here because, um, you know, as, as Michael said, there's a ton of different products that are out there, new products, new innovations, but there, there have been objections and the objections are around fees complexity, liquidity, portability. Um, but hasn't really, hasn't the retirement industry solved for these objections? 
Yeah, great question. And, you know, it's fun that we're having this conversation today because I think when we think about retirement income solutions, um, it's not a new term, right? And so you ask the question, haven't we already solved for this, right? Haven't we already figured this out? And these retirement income solutions, they're not new. They've been around for a long time. But as Michael was just talking about, you know, we had Secure Act of 2019, which gave us really, I, from my perspective, it sparked this new opportunity to solve for some of these things you just mentioned, solve for some of these obstacles like fees, like complexity, portability. And it really has come a long way. We've made great strides, but there's still a ways to go. And so I think there's kind of two things going on here. There's the perception that still exists that these old problems are still going on today. And then there's the second part, which is that while we've solved for many of these problems or hurdles, there's still some of them that are still lingering that we're still working on. So there's a couple of things to think about, right? One is that we do have legislative initiatives like Secure 1.0 and then followed by Secure 2.0, which have tried to solve for some of these issues. We have the regulatory side of things. So going back, you know, to 2012, 2013, 2014, and now I think it's still coming forward, we do have regulators who are coming alongside legislators to try to solve for some of these hurdles. And then we have nonprofits that are coming to the table or groups that are forming, um, both formally and informally, groups like DECIA, the Retirement Income Consortium, NAPA, or the American Retirement Association. They're coming together and saying, how can we help to educate advisors and plan sponsors and bring things to the table to, again, get around some of these hurdles? So, I think there's two parts we just want to keep in mind there. One, there's these legacy solutions or products that really did have some of these problems, but now we have the the new uh, the new solutions coming to the table alongside where we need to think about, hey, how how have we solved for these things? How can we change those perceptions while there's these new things in the making? And I think Michael will probably help us think about that a little bit more. Yeah, and, and Michael, just pivoting back to you, uh, Bonnie discussed several groups. One area I want to focus on is the Retirement Income Consortium, because that's something that Broadridge founded to bring together all the data needed to make that fiduciary decision, something that we've covered on the network numerous times, the fiduciary decision to work in the best interest of participants. First, what's the Retirement Income Consortium? Give us a sh short snippet about it. And then has it been helpful in overcoming the objections we were talking about? Fees, portability, liquidity, complexity? Yeah, no, that, that's a great question. I'm, I'm always very excited to talk about the Retirement Income Consortium. I'm very proud of the work that we're doing there. Um, and so the consortium was founded in early 2022 uh, with the shared goal of supporting greater access uh, for workers to high quality retirement income solutions. Um, so as you mentioned, right, um, initially kind of brought together by Broadridge, um, but the consortium really is, it's, it's a collective, it's a comprehensive expertise in the retirement space from leading asset management firms and insurance firms as, as members of the consortium, as well as a number of industry experts, again, in the support of you know, trying to make financial security a reality for all Americans. So again, as we've kind of mentioned before, right, Secure 2019, Secure Act 1.0, um, this continued focus has really been kind of a national conversation 
Um, Broadridge with the uh, FI360 business unit, right, has really been focused on fiduciary excellence for, for 20 plus years now. And so we wanted to bring that kind of lens and that insight into the retirement income space. Um, so we launched the consortium with, with the idea to create a due diligence framework for retirement income solution evaluation. And as a forum to work with the retirement income solution providers um, and other kind of critical players in the industry to better educate advisors and plan sponsors on these types of offerings. So, you know, that, that due diligence framework that I mentioned, right, we call that the prudent practices for retirement income solutions. And we uh, released that and published that uh, at the very end of December of 2022. Um, and that really is kind of a, a, a detailed document that uh, publishes criteria for comparing retirement income solutions um, based on a collection of legislation, uh, regulation, and case law. And, and identification of common characteristics across different types of retirement income. And these practices are designed to help advisors or, or really any fiduciary conduct due diligence on these in-plan offerings. Um, so they provide guidance to the retirement plan advisor to help them you know, go through this process of selecting uh, a retirement income offering or retirement income offerings for their plans, help them document the reasoning for this, um, and monitor their selections on an ongoing basis. And so these practices, right, the, the goal of the consortium is to kind of just, you know, a rising tide lifts all ships. We want to educate the industry at large. So these practices are made, you know, freely available to anyone. Um, you can find them on the Retirement Income Consortium website. And they're really a critical component to kind of furthering the discussion around this. Uh, the other kind of second big thing I'll hit on that the consortium is, is really proud of the work that we're doing is that kind of educational webinar series that we've put on. Um, more than a dozen webinars now at this point in time, um, and, and we're getting, you know, really connecting with the advisor and fiduciary community. Uh, more than 300 live attendees in each webinar, we're averaging um, 1,000 plus uh, on-demand views after the fact, where we're bringing together uh, plan sponsors who have implemented retirement income solutions in their plan, advisors who have done so, um, various industry experts, um, legal experts, to talk about the different aspects of retirement income solutions, some of the objections related to those solutions, and how an advisor or fiduciary uh, can kind of think about these and implement these into their plans. So very excited about the work of the consortium. Uh, we've got a lot coming up over the next few weeks and months, um, continuing to develop more materials, uh, participant guides that kind of speak in, in layman's terms to the individual participant on what these solutions are, uh, an advisor handbook that's really going to tie all the different aspects together, um, as well as investment policy statements um, and guidance and language there that can help an advisor when they're putting together these plans. So a lot more to look forward to from the consortium in the near future. And, and Bonnie, I want to uh, shift back to you. We have to go to a commercial break in a minute or so, but I want to come back to you because Michael laid out some thoughts about uh, some documentation for fiduciary best practices with four advisors. And it seems like it's very well attended. A lot of people tuning in, they want to learn more. How do we move the needle? How do we get this to the top of the list in the fiduciary quarterly meetings that we've all we've all been participating in for years and years and years? Yeah, great question. And there's a lot of different places we could start, right? And I think, you know, as Michael laid out, there's lots of great resources out there. But from my perspective, it really all starts with this and education. I think going back to something Michael said at the beginning of the segment, we've really helped people with 
the accumulation phase. We really help people to save money, but how do we create that awareness around the need to focus on what does it look like to take money out? And I think, you know, it's a couple of things. It's that awareness around what is the need? Why is this important now? And I think, you know, it's things like understanding that lack of access to a DB plan or defined benefit plan. Folks are living longer now. That's just simple math. People are living longer. So we have to address that need and we have to help people have that education and awareness around what does that paycheck look like on the first day of retirement and how do they have a sustainable paycheck throughout retirement? And I think it's just creating that awareness around there is a need, that need is right now. And how do we help people, as you mentioned, put that on the agenda it doesn't even have to be at the top, but we got to get it on the agenda for those quarterly meetings. And that starts with the education and awareness from my perspective. Yeah, we're really good point. Uh, Michael, Bonnie, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we're going to start with dispelling some of those myths and hopefully moving the conversation forward. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Invesco's latest Show Me the Income study reflects on the evolving retirement industry today as it faces the pressing need to help participants turn their defined contribution plan savings into long-term retirement income. Key findings from the research uncover that nearly seven in 10 participants fear running out of money in retirement. And only 22% were very confident they could create a retirement income strategy on their own. What can employers do to help? To learn more about the study and request the white paper, visit Invesco.com retirement income or contact your Invesco DC professional. 
Cited research is based on Invesco's work with Greenwald Research. Invesco is not affiliated with Greenwald Research. Invesco Advisors, Inc. is an investment advisor that provides investment advisory and does not sell securities. Invesco Distributors, Inc. is the U.S. distributor for Invesco's retail products and private placements. Both are indirect wholly owned subsidiaries of Invesco Limited. Welcome back. We're joined this morning by Michael Kleeman of Broadridge and Bonnie Treichel of Endeavor Retirement. Bonnie, Michael, thanks so much for staying with us. Really appreciate hanging around for segment number two this morning. So, uh, Michael, I want to start with you because um, we're going to start with dispelling some of these myths. It was kind of my teaser going into the commercial break. Let's start with um, fees. These are my parents or grandparents' annuities. And we talked about innovation in the first segment. These retirement income solutions, very different from, from even a decade ago. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. These These solutions are very different than they used to be. Um, So these new products, right, are designed for the new world. Um, They're specifically designed for institutional use, uh, and they're designed for a a post-secure 1.0 world where um, these products are portable across retirement plans, um, outside of retirement plans. Um, And with the institutional nature, you're going to get different um, considerations when it comes to fees. Uh, Like any product, there are fees and expenses that have to be considered, and it's important that you consider both the explicit fees, so investment management, insurance fees, administrative costs, as well as the implicit fees, like like the spread on what the insurer might be earning on some of these assets. Uh, And proper due diligence requires a fiduciary to consider features, benefits, uh, services, and costs when making a decision. Um, and, you know, we talk about secure a lot here and, and, you know, one of the provisions around that safe harbor rule makes it clear that there's not necessarily an obligation to choose the lowest cost retirement income solution. Um, higher costs may be justified depending on the features, benefits, service that are available um, and if they're fair and reasonable for those expenses. Um, you know, there's a number of factors that impact the fees on these products, you know, how liquid it is, the interest rates, um, the underlying investment portfolio, or the type of annuity that is being used here, whether it's a DIA, a FIA, um, whether it's a guaranteed lifetime withdrawal benefit. Um, you know, these offerings are becoming a little bit more simpler to understand, right? You, you mentioned, right, not your grandfather's annuity, which definitely there are certain connotations that that the public might have about some of those types of offerings. Um, but it's still important to take a close look at these fees, um, and more and more comparison tools are, are becoming available into the marketplace that that's helping folks analyze these fees and making sure they're making a prudent decision when it comes to costs. Um, you know, earlier I talked on the, the Retirement Income Consortium and the webinar series that they put on. Um, you know, on September 14th, uh, we've got a, a webinar explicitly related to fees, um, where a panel of experts is diving into how do you assess fees when it comes to retirement income solutions. So there are resources out there to help advisors start to understand uh, fees when it comes to these solutions a little bit in more detail. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm going to tune into that webinar. I, I always enjoy the, the broad ridge webinars. But I want to come to you because now I want to tackle, I want to dispel the myth of portability. And it used to be when I was an advisor many moons ago, that the big issue was if I change record keepers, my participants are going to, I can't move that retirement income solution over because a new record keeper won't accept it. And therefore my participants are going to lose their benefit. Let's dispel that one because there are principles in place right now today to allow for portability. 
Yeah, great question. And I think, you know, you gave me the tough question here. I think portability is probably the biggest challenge that I think still exists today, but I think it is the one that is moving forward at really rapid, uh, at a really rapid pace. So when we talk about portability, there's two things that we're concerned with. So when you think back to being an advisor, you're spot on. Portability is a big issue. And going to the fiduciary concerns that both you've mentioned and that Michael's been talking about, it's really important from a fiduciary perspective to think about portability prior to making a decision to add one of these income solutions. That being said, I think it's a huge thing that you could be monitoring because it's changing really fast. And to your point, there are protocols in place today that are making it easier and easier for this portability aspect. So when I mentioned there's two different levels to this, there is the plan level or what I'd refer to as the plan level portability, and then there's the participant level portability. So when we think about plan level portability, we're thinking about we have a plan sponsor or the employer who they want to be able to move from one record keeper to another, and they don't want to be stuck where, you know, as we've talked about kind of these older uh, solutions where they were all proprietary. So your record keeper, they make this one type of income solution and you don't wanna be stuck where if you add that solution, you can never leave that record keeper because of course that creates other fiduciary concerns, right? You've got to prudently select and monitor service providers and you don't wanna be stuck at that one record keeper forever. So that's the plan level. But then we also have the participant level portability concern, right? So we have folks that as, as we've talked about and we know, how long do people stay at a job today? They don't stay there for 30 years like they used to, right? We have folks that move around. And so we need to have the opportunity for participants to be able to move and to not lose the benefit that they've paid into, so to speak. So one of the things we want to keep in mind, going back to secure uh, 1.0 or Secure Act of 2019, is that there was a provision insecure. The first version, as, as Michael mentioned in our first segment, that addresses portability. So that's kind of item one that we've started to put some uh, protocols in place around secure to help with portability. The other piece that I'll mention is this idea of what I'm going to call, um, you know, providers or middleware that is like the plumbing from one record keeper to another record keeper. And so these are not the record keepers themselves, but it's other technology or plumbing, so to speak, from one service provider to another, which makes it easier. So between things like secure and new technology or middleware providers, we're starting to address a, a more rapid pace, both plan level and participant level portability. So while I'll say, I don't think we've 100% solved it or met those objections today. I think we're working on it really fast. And I would say, you know, keep an eye out because in the next 6, 12, 18 months, I really think we're getting there. Yeah. And, and Mike, I want to come back to you. What I mean by illiquidity in the old world, participants couldn't, were locked up. They couldn't move the money. If they wanted to move their money, there were termination fees and they would lose a portion of their balance. But in today's world, you don't have to move 100% of your account balance into one of these products. You can move a portion, right? You can leave some of the money invested in equities or in bonds, however you want to as allocate it, and then a portion of it into a retirement income solution. 
Yeah, that, that's absolutely correct. Um, you know, and, and Bonnie really hit on some of that flexibility aspect. And I think flexibility and personalization, right, are are the name of the game in the retirement industry in general right now. Um, and I think, you know, retirement income solutions is no different. Um, you know, you you do not have to allocate 100 percent uh, portion of your your funds to these types of solutions uh, in the same way that an investment plan lineup might have, you know, large cap growth uh, funds and a bond fund and stable value fund. You know, generally speaking, um, you know, investing 100 percent into one specific fund is is not always the best recommendation for each person. It may be for some it may not be for others. And the same applies to retirement income solutions. Um, it should be an option in a plans investment lineup, but each individual situation is unique and there's not a one size fits all approach. Um, beyond just kind of what we're seeing as adding these types of solutions to an investment lineup that an individual participant could select to allocate a portion of their funds to, uh, what I really think is going to drive a lot of adoption here and, and get a lot of people excited is um, some of the, the different ways that these products are being kind of wrapped and included into retirement plans and part of larger investment strategies. So that's things like um, part of managed accounts um, or part of, you know, QDIAs as a target date type option where, you know, a portion of the assets, uh, you know, maybe in a managed account are being invested into the retirement income solution option specifically, and a portion are being invested into, you know, equities, let's say. And, you know, again, that's that kind of customization and personalization as, as each person, each individual is uh, along their retirement journey differently, um, you know, that allocation can change. Um, and if you've got an advisor who's helping you manage account, um, if you've got kind of a, a more of a target date strategy that's helping you manage this type of account, um, those allocations will change over time. Um, but regardless, you do not have to be 100% and you can kind of have that flexibility to, to create your investment strategy as you, as you choose to see fit. So, Bonnie, I want to kind of tie things off with you. Um, let's talk a little about why, you know, with knowing all the things we discussed, so there's middleware plumbing in place to handle portability. There are lower fees. There are new innovative products coming in the next 10 to 12 to 18 months. Shouldn't advisors, consultants, investment consultants, people responsible as fiduciaries for retirement plans, shouldn't they do due diligence and continue to do due diligence on this very important aspect of the retirement plan? Absolutely. I think um, step one, I'll go back to something I said in the first segment, which is step one is you've got to get educated. You've got to at least just understand what's out there. So if you think, hey, I looked at this 10 years ago, I would say think and at least get educated and understand. Step two is really about, you know, using the resources that are out there and to the point that you just made, start to come up with what is my process going to be around this? Just like you have your process for a large cap fund, what is my process going to look like? And if you're putting on your advisor hat, what is my scalable process going to look like? You know, this is going to take some rolling up your sleeves and digging in, but start using those resource resources that are out there, create your scalable process for due diligence, and then, you know, start running that process, right? Start talking to those uh, solution providers that are out there, start gathering your information and putting that all together so that you are prepared to have those conversations with plan sponsors. Doesn't mean you have to add these solutions, but you do at least have to give it some good thought and run that diligence around it. Yeah. Well, Bonnie and Michael, really great conversation. I, I know if I were an advisor, I'd be really enthused about digging in and, and this next aspect, this next wave of retirement preparedness. We're going to leave it there. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you both back on the program again very soon. Thanks so much. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. 
Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more and all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, then visit our website. We're back again tomorrow with another edition of BRN AM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe. Keep on saving. Don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.